Mike Irwin. I'm the founder and executive director of Team Red, White, and Blue. So what inspired you to create Team Red, White, and Blue? So it was after my third deployment in 2009 that I went from Fort Bragg up to graduate school at the University of Michigan and felt very much like a fish out of water. Um, You know, I just spent the four years at West Point and then the next seven years of my army life thinking about Iraq or Afghanistan, either thinking about studying and deploying there and coming home. Um, And so when I went to grad school, I really found it, you know, a little bit challenging to, um, you know, to just assimilate. Um, But I also found it hard to keep the structure that I had in the military. Like you had to be there on time, you had to work out, you know, and specifically when it came to working out. Uh, In fact, one of my friends who was a Green Beret, you know, he told me, hey, uh, I know you're going to grad school, like you're going to get soft on us. You know, in other (laughs) words, in other words, you're going to you're going to stop exercising because, you know, that was one of the ways that I, as an intelligence officer, was able to have some uh, credibility and respect with Green Berets and infantry soldiers was being, you know, really physically fit. Um, And so when he when he told me that, I kind of chuckled at it. But then I actually went to grad school and went to Michigan without a military unit. And I was like, oh, boy, like he was really prescient. Like he he actually was really, really accurate in in how hard it was going to be to to stay physically active. And so anyways, that was really the the, the sort of the context or the frame uh, around like what set me in motion to then create the organization uh, starting in early 2010. Um, part of it was also like a desire to, to support and to, and to be able to help out and to make a difference. You know, I was in grad school and then I was going to teach at West Point. So I, I had a five-year non-deployable window. And, and it was hard for me knowing that at, uh, my friends and soldiers that I'd served with were either back in Afghanistan or getting ready to go to Iraq again. And so it, it was a way for me to, you know, to contribute to the mission of helping you know, service members out. Right? And then lastly, just in general, you know, um, it was just the awareness of how difficult transition is, right? From being a service member to becoming a civilian. And, and I saw that. And even though I was technically still in the army, um, you know, I still had a uniform and, and all that. I really was essentially, you know, almost like a civilian, you know, for that, for that two years. And I realized, wow, this must be really, really difficult uh, to go through this because it was difficult for me. And I still had a job in healthcare you know, um, and a sense of purpose that I was still a captain in the army. And so looking at all those factors, uh, I would say that's the answer. It's, it's pretty complicated. You talk about the transition, uh, you know, uh, does your program or just working out or something help your mental health going through that transition? Absolutely. 100%. Um, so one team already be in our identity and you can kind of, you know, you know, see our, our logo, the Eagle, like that, that's, we like that we liken that to like, that's your new uniform in your post active duty guard reserve life. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, but really the bigger part is, yeah, doing that, that physical activity. We know the research is super clear, right? When you move your body, when you get those steps and you get the workout in, you know, um, that it, it not only produces endorphins, it helps to flush out cortisol, the, you know, the stress hormone that our body produces. Um, it helps us to clear our minds. Um, it gives us a sense of confidence when we wanted to quit, but we kept going on that run or on that workout. So there's all these factors that are mental and biological that happen when you work out. So 
even when you leave the military and you're going through all the stressors and all the challenges, take the identity piece of it out. Although that's a part of it. Hey, I'm now a part of team red, white, and blue. The bigger issue here is that, that you're getting that physical activity in because it helps you to deal with the stress. It helps you to, to deal with, you know, the negative self-talk that might emerge in your head when we all are like, Oh, geez, maybe I should go back in. Right. Cause like, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it very effectively out here, you know, in the civilian world, you can, you absolutely can. But those those negative voices do rear their ugly heads sometimes. You're a graduate of uh, West Point. Uh, how did that shape your life? Yeah, so you know, I started out, um, you know, so neither of my parents went to college, right? And they said, hey, like I was the oldest of four, and so they said, hey, like you know, we really want to challenge, you know, uh, and empower you know our kids to to go to college, like we did not do, you know. And so I was looking at lots of different programs. Um, but when I looked at West Point, uh, I was a sophomore for the first time. And I, I knew that if I, I had to apply and I knew that if I got in that I had to go because the, the level of challenge, the bar was set so high in terms of like every day, you got to do this. There's military, there's physical, there's academic, there's sports, there's, right, there's all those things that you are juggling. And I knew that like I had to give it a shot. Not knowing if I would get in, not knowing, you know, if I, if I did get in, like if it, if it was for me, uh, but it, it, it shaped the rest of my life on a personal level, you know, my brother and both of my sisters, um, you know, my brother's West Point grad, he followed in my footsteps, both of my sisters married West Point grads. So it, it you know, we have 18 kids between us, um, you know, and so there's a very personal connection that I have there to West Point is through my family relationships, um, but it just forever changed my mind to think differently about adversity. Um, you know, my freshman year there, like a lot of cadets, you know, pretty negative, pretty, you know, challenging is, is the polite way of saying like how I found it, you know, to deal with the stress and to deal with the pressure of cadet life. And, um, you know, I really started to shape uh, my thinking, right? Year after year, as I became a sophomore, then into a junior and senior year. And it taught me to be more resilient in my mind, more resilient in my thinking. Um, and it gave me the confidence to know that like I can endure and do hard things. Uh, and lo and behold, like the place where this would, it would resonate the, the loudest with me would be in March of 2004 to April, 2005 on my first deployment to Iraq. When, you know, a lot of us deployed are like, geez, I don't know if I can hack this. I'm, I'm going to be gone for a year. Um, I really don't know. Like how, how am I supposed to do this? And reflecting back to my time at West Point, was, hey, I made it through plebe year. I can make it through this year. And, and that is, you know, a resilient mindset is such a powerful tool and a powerful weapon in our arsenal. And, and going through West Point helps to hone and refine that day by day. When you are deployed, how, is, how are ways to work out and stay fit during that time? Yeah, so, uh, you can't go on runs like you can, right. You know, in America, you know, depending on the size of your base. So in Iraq, I was part of, uh, I was based at Camp Taji. And so we had a pretty big base and I could go for probably a two and a half to three mile run without much of a problem without getting lost, you know, on the base, but it was a huge base. Um, so I did a lot of gym work there, right. I did a lot of weightlifting, um, blowing off steam, you know, after my 14 hour shift, I would often go to the gym and that would then wind me down and get me ready to go to bed. Uh, and then, you know, in Afghanistan, I was on a much smaller base 
on Kandahar airfield. And once in a while you could run around the entire airfield and it was like six miles. And so I would do that. Um, but most of my running honestly was, was done on a 0.46 mile loop, which was essentially as long as I could make it inside camp Brown. Right. And I would go there and I would go run 10 laps. Right. Um, you know, but I would also do a lot of work in the gym as well. So it really it, bottom line is, you know, Michael, it was a combination of running in a very different way. It, it has to be a, a loop for the most part and gym work and, and, and going to the gym and throwing in and again, lifting weights, you know, heavier weights for, to get stronger. So, um, I also climbed the Jacob's ladder. If you ever heard of that piece of equipment, I climbed the Jacob's ladder, you know, for long periods of time on my last deployment to Afghanistan. And so just finding whatever opportunities you could to be able to get that workout in, that's really what I strive to do. Can you tell me some of the programs you have at uh, Team RB? T yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, you know, the, the biggest thing that we're known for, you know, is that we've got, you know, a chapter program where there's about 175 chapters across the country where there's volunteer leaders that put on events every week, um, you know, and one big event per month. You know, we call those the monthly mission. Um, and so we've got, Things like, uh, you know, uh, Baton Memorial Death March in March uh, and uh, Military Child Tribute in April, Memorial Miles in May, D-Day, uh, Hero Wad in, in June, the 1776 Gauntlet in July, the Purple Heart Challenge in August, the 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb in September. The Mogadishu Mile in October, Wad for Warriors in November, and the Pearl Harbor Wad in December. Right, so we have one big event, right, one big mission per month that we we challenge you know our veterans and supporters to do, you know, and so that's you know that's our our big program. Um, but we all we do other things. We put on what's called Eagle Expeditions, where veterans go out uh, into nature, right? They hike. Uh, they might you know practice yoga and mindfulness, but then. Uh, in those camps, they're learning and practicing mindset skills and resilience skills, right? Because we know so much of the ability to be resilient and to be strong resides in between our ears, right? Our, our mind can be our, our best friend or our worst enemy, depending on, on how we train it and how we, we cultivate it and shape it. And so one of our programs is really centered around helping veterans to be more resilient in terms of how they think about adversity and how they think about challenges. Um, you know, we've got the old glory relay where every year we, we choose a location this year. It starts in Seattle and it finishes in Atlanta, 4,000 miles away. And we ride cycle. So we ride, run, roll, walk. We move a, you know, one American flag, 4,000 miles over 50 days. Um, you know, and so that's a big program that we have that really, you know, engages thousands of people, most of them members that sometimes there's people on the side of the street who see a flag, you know, running, you know, on, on a, a road parallel to the highway and they come over and they jump out and they want to be a part of it. You know, um, we do health education, you know, increasingly we know that, you know, what is your relationship with food? What's your relationship with sleep? Uh, what about uh, caffeine or nicotine or alcohol? Um, you know, all those kinds of things are, are, we are helping to educate veterans on what they can do to sleep better, what they can do to be healthier, uh, beyond just the physical activity component, which is what we're best known for, but we're increasing the health education programs that we have at Team Red, White, and Blue as well. So I, I was looking up the Old Glory uh, program. 
how is that every year of like you said people just see american flag and and go to it yeah oh it's amazing you know it's absolutely like one of the most inspiring things like when you sit there you know and like you'll be running the flag down the road um and you'll hear people beeping their horn or waving or just like clapping for you right and, and then you know most of them don't even know what's going on right but it's and when I, one of the things i talk about the old go relay it's not just about the inspiration that you as a veteran or a supporter get by holding the flag and running it for three miles or five miles down the road it's the inspiration that you bring to other people that you don't even know who don't even know specifically what you're doing they just know you're part of something and they know that you're you're carrying the flag out in the middle of nowhere or in this city or in this town for a reason. And I think that's a big thing we need in America. We need, you know, be providing that inspiration to our fellow Americans. And in many ways, like that's a simple way that we do this. I am motivated by a lot of things. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so one, I'm pretty high in enthusiasm. That's my number one character strength. Um, you know, so like I'm, I'm motivated by um, the ability to make a difference for other people. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer really that like the more we live life, like selfishly and focused on ourselves, uh, kind of the you do you culture, uh, and mindset, like that's actually not helpful. It's not helpful to us and it's not helpful to others. It's not helpful to society. I, I know that we have to look out. We all have self-preservation. We all have to look out for ourselves, right? Like I, I know that, right. Um, but I really, I'm motivated by making a difference for other people. One of the things that makes me just so happy is when I can connect, you know, a friend that I know to somebody else th that I know and say, you guys are going to get along great. You're going to have some awesome things to talk about. You're going to have a great workout. You know, I find true joy in that, you know, um, you know, I'm motivated, you know, by the future, you know, I'm motivated by, uh, you know, I've got five kids under the age of 12. Uh, but I think about the future of our country, like how do we create, you know, uh, you know, a, a country that is, you know, one that we're still proud of that, that we are, you know, um, able to, you know, pursue, you know, our dreams in, um, you know, the American dream that so many people have. Uh, and, and so I work towards that a lot, you know, because it is, it, it is hard. Like we look at, there's a lot of change today. There's a lot of things going on and a lot of moving pieces, you know, and as I look at the future, you know, I'm, I'm certainly motivated to make a difference for children as they're growing up, you know, and becoming adults. So that they have the human skills, the people skills, the resilience skills, the leadership skills that they need to be successful and happy in a world that's becoming increasingly automated, increasingly digital, you know, and look, I think like there's a tremendous bunch of benefits to, you know, digitalization and technological advances and all that. But when it comes to AI and machine learning and all these things coming down the pipeline, um, I'm very skeptical about what this means for humanity and what it means for, for us as human beings, because, you know, robots don't have souls. We do. Um, robots, when they win, they just say, yay, I won, right? Human beings high five and hug and cry. Right? The, the emotional aspect of humanity is so important. And, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm motivated by making a difference in, in, in bringing that message to more, more people, you know? Where do you want to see the organization in the next three to five years? So as I think about the future of Team Red, White, and Blue, um, so first of all, we really did start to move in this direction of being a veteran health and wellness organization a couple of years ago. Up into that, our first decade, give or take, we really were a veteran 
transition and reintegration organization. That was that was the big reason. Our, our, our vision statement was we enrich the lives of America's veterans by connecting them to their community through physical and social activity. So connecting veterans to their community was really what we did. Um, as the large-scale deployments slowed down, as um, the, the transition programs that the DOD has got better, the need for a nonprofit to fill that space was getting smaller and smaller. And so we had to look at what we were doing and really what the veteran community needed from us as Team Red, White, and Blue. And, and we, it became very clear to us that the health and wellness, the mental, physical, and emotional health and wellness of the veteran community um, is, is not good, right? Um, in fact, it's not good across many sectors you know, of America. And, and with that knowledge, like we knew that we had already had so much knowledge uh, about how to put on physical activity events and how to talk to veterans about mental health and getting support if they need it. But primarily putting on events and, and helping veterans to know that the best asset they often have, the sharpest arrow you know, uh, in their quiver, is the discipline and the ability to go out and put in a workout, even when you don't want to, right? To put in a workout, you know? And, and so that's why we have become more focused on the health and wellness of the veteran community. So five years from now, I see us being a robust, flourishing health and wellness community that's not only focusing on getting veterans to be physically active more. That's a big part of it, but also is helping veterans to get better with sleep, to have a healthier relationship with alcohol and caffeine, right? To eat healthier, right? All these things that shape our overall health and wellness, right? We want to move the needle for as many veterans as we possibly can. And not just by educating them on this, because we all know you're not supposed to eat too many donuts and drink too many beers and just sit around and drink, you know, um, 10 coffees a day. We know that, right? But it's got to be how do you mobilize and motivate people to make those decisions, you know, and that's what we're working on through our community and through the positive peer pressure and the social pressure of being healthier and making healthier decisions for a healthier lifestyle.